and that jarring cacophony tells you that once again you're listening to the Power of Three podcast, the Doctor Who podcast that likes to do a little bit of everything across the Doctor Who universe. You join us again, I'm Kenny Smith and I'm joined by my pal live from his home studio, it's Stevie Day. Hello Kenny, how are you doing? I'm very well indeed. I have to say your, your home studio looks far tidier than it did last time. Yes, okay, okay, okay. I mean, you know, we have to tidy up occasionally. And may I say that you're looking far less pale than the last time I saw you. Could that be because you were somewhere far off and sunny? Oh, That's wait a minute. You could have been in Scotland. Were you somewhere else far <laughs> off and sunny? I was somewhere far off and sunny. I was in Lanzarote. So, yes, the last two episodes that dropped when I was away on holiday... And uh, that's the power of forward planning. That, I have to say that um, Pieces of Eighth, which continues to drop every week, all 13 episodes of that have virtually been done apart from episode 11, which goes out on the 7th of July. And the links for that are going to be the recorded the discussion as well. will be recorded um, tomorrow as we speak. So You're, you're just a machine, aren't you? You're just, you're just a production machine, Kenny. You make me sound like the Terminator, but yeah. Mm. But yes, it's, uh, I had a lovely time in Lanzarote where it was all hot and dry and um, very slightly drizzled one day um, but there wasn't really um, much in the way of rain falling. See, it's quite cloudy here today in East Kilbride, just outside Glasgow. Um, how is it with you today? It has been chucking it down, apart from lunchtime where there was a nice wee bit of sun but it's still been chucking it down. Why are you bringing up water, Kenny? Why are you bringing up rain and moisture? Could there be a well-submerged link there? See what I did? I did. I, I'm very impressed. I was actually chuckling away at the submerged link. Yes, I, I thought that this would be quite good to go with the flow and um, <laughs> yep, and uh, we could uh, see if we can have an episode of the podcast that might make waves as we could chat about the Waters of Mars, which of course is due to be novelised in the very, very near future, or at least it has been novelised in the book, will be released very, very soon. Mm-hmm. So this week we've got a chat with Phil Ford, who co-wrote the original for the telly with Russell T. Davis and has done the novelisation. So we've got a lovely chat with him coming up very soon. But let's wind the clock back to 2009. It's November and The Waters of Mars has broadcast with David Tennant in his penultimate story, if not his penultimate, definitely not his penultimate episode. Certain moments in time are fixed. This base on Mars, what happens here must always happen. Which is what? It's an unknown infection and it's spreading. Close down all water supplies. Any one of us could already be infected. We've all been drinking the same water. And if you take that back to Earth, one drop. Just one drop. Water is patient. Water just waits. Wears down the cliff tops, the mountains, the home of the world. Water always wins. Why won't you help, Doctor? If you know all of this, why can't you change it? Because you die on Mars. You die today. The beginning of the end. Doctor Who, Sunday the 15th of November on BBC One. How did you find this one at the time? Was this one that excited you? It was. I um, My memories are a wee bit vague on it, to be fair. But it was one of those episodes that just grew and grew and grew. It seemed a little whimsical at the beginning. 
but by the end, it wasn't whimsical at all. And I think those final scenes, uh, well, that gave rise to Time Lord Victorious, didn't it? Really, it did that's that was the uh, that was the thing. But long before that, the the final scenes. I've forgotten the character. What was the name of the character he took home? He took up all Adelaide the three characters. Brooke. Adelaide Brooke. And, of course, her final scene was shocking, shall we say. And I think to my daughter who watched it and didn't quite get it at the time, and then one day said, oh, that's what happened, continues to shock. So I think from whimsical to shocking, good bit of drama, good length, good feature-length episode, and the monsters were pretty scary yeah i think that um the flood are just fantastic i think the design of them with that sort of ice warrior look with that sort of cracked skin effect and then yeah. like they're just projecting water and water dripping from their bodies it's, it's i mean it is it's fantastic it's it's horror but done in a very subtle but doctor who way without being too scary yeah a, a, a nice nod to the ice warriors if you didn't know about ice warriors you didn't have to but really nice nod to it. The only, and I'm, I know you're gonna, you're gonna tear me, tear me apart for this. The only thing that didn't quite work for me was gadget, 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 gadget. I think it's like a lot of these things, a practical prop. It, it just didn't quite hit it for me. I, I understand why it was there, and it was a good thing. And I've met said original gadget, and it's a, a good bit of, of construction. That was the one thing for me didn't quite work. You're just not a fan of comedy robots, are you, Stevie? I love I love comedy robots. Give me a good comedy robot. But he was just a little limp, shall we say? A little, a little. I can't I can't imagine him surviving on Mars, uh, let alone you know in the habitat, let alone roaming yeah. around outside particularly happily. But that's me nitpicking. Yeah, well, you may have found him a little flaccid, but um, I was quite entertained by him because I do like a silly robot. I'm particularly in gadget gadgets. That's silly. Maybe oh, it's because fr- the, the phrase is great. The phrase is great. The um, I'm not sure about the burning tire tracks. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you soup up the power of a sonic screwdriver, Stevie. Obviously, yes. yes. Oh, you obviously need to do this with your car later on and see what happens. It's like what happens with Bessie, with Bessie's turbo drive in Battlefield. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Yeah. Wonder why they didn't catch fire. <laughs> I'm, n- I'm nitpicking. I'll let stop me. I'll talk yes, about this yeah. for the but entire no, I, time. I genuinely love Waters because remember the first time I saw the trailer and then Water Always Wins, that really stuck with me. And yep. I think it's, it's so well edited, just that the bang, 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 the music of it. And it's, as you say, it starts off nice and light. And then just as it goes on, it gets darker and darker. And, when the doctor realizes Bowie Base One's got to go sky high, yeah, yep. and uh, doing what you can to try and save them. Great cast, I'd say. Um, it was just you just go through it and you just think it's a brilliant cast, and of course a very young Gemma Chan mm-hmm. making her debut before she became one of the the regular in Marvel and uh, various other TV yep. shows. Yeah, no, a, a, a great cast, a really, a really. Um, so often get cast like that flung together and they're not you know especially on a base base thing or what we call it from Star Trek days a bottle a bottle episode yeah but these these guys were straight in from the start you could imagine having a few episodes with them first and then you know <laughs> not any after obviously but <laughs> you know it was such a good a good cast and I think your comment water always wins is so true anyway 
you know, if you've ever had to deal with a leaking roof or, mm-hmm. you know, burst pipes, you know, a lot of people could relate to that. There's, you know, you tape it up, you you, you cement it in, you do this, you do that. It's always going to come back. Yeah. Um, I think Lindsay Duncan, great performance as Adelaide, particularly yep. at the end um, when she realised that this isn't right. And yep. uh, when the doctor's thinking he's done the right thing and... Uh, yeah, I think she gives a great performance. And Peter O'Brien, of course, who was in Shane and Neighbours many, many moons ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a sort of a slightly hardened uh, space fella, was great as well. So I think it's a good, and again, very international cast as well, which I think is yeah. great. Good bit of I, representation. I felt, I felt he didn't get enough to do. I was I was sorry that he was he was gone so soon, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I just felt there's there's a character well there's lots of characters you could have developed into other things I love the flashback and I think I'm right in this episode the flashback to Adelaide and the Dalek yes I was you weren't expecting that it's always nice to get a new bit of footage of something of events that you've observed in another way and I thought that was that wasn't even a oh I remember when the Daleks did this this was actually happening we saw it yeah, it's like loving monsters when we get those sort of, you get extra scenes sort of like, here's what was going on and here's what other characters are and here's what Elton was doing in these it's, moments. It's, it's a clip show, you know, a traditional American clip show, except you've never seen those episodes before. And I yes. like that. I hate the clip shows where you've you've seen it all and it's, you know, two or three minutes of new material. But yeah, this was this was the the clip show where we'll just film the clips because we want to. Yeah, I mean that's what you know the thing you can always tell that every series of Friends has one of those and uh, many many others as well. But um, yeah, oh well, I suppose it saves um, saves the writers having to write too much new stuff. It does, but you know, I, I'm going to say the words Babylon Five. Sorry, Kenny. They did an entire clip show with stuff you've never seen before. I, I know like that's that. that's I, a good I, I like that concept. I think it's yeah, a great the, idea. The concept is brilliant. So, yeah. No, I I love those flashbacks. Yeah. So, talking of flashbacks, why don't we flash forward and have a quick chat with the writer Phil Ford? Hi, I'm Phil Ford and I'm the writer of The uh, Waters of Mars, along with Russell T Davies in the uh, original TV version, but just me doing the novelisation for Target Books. Fantastic. Welcome back to The Power of Three. It's a joy to see you again, Phil. And, it's uh, a delight to be here. So I always like it when people are happy and I haven't had to drag them on <laughs> screaming and in chains. So. Uh, <laughs> Unlike James Moran a couple of weeks ago. So, yes, uh, we got you here willingly, which is good. So I, suppose... I can't believe it. I've had to be dragged in chains. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was chain mail. <laughs> I suppose, um, looking back on it, Waters of Mars is one of those ones that people just, when they think about it now, they just absolutely love it. It was just something so dark and so warped and... Just, just brilliant. It's, it's just what I, I just think of it, and I smile because it's got all those elements of Doctor Who that I like. Thank you. That's uh, that's probably the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. About it. <laughs> no, it, 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 it is. Um, it, it was. It was great fun to do. I mean, I mean, I like scary stuff, and when we came up with the idea of doing something set on Mars. Um, I always wanted it to be scary. Um, um, and, I, and I think there are a lot of different kinds of scares 
in 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 the waters of Mars. There's the flood, obviously, um, but but also there's the Doctor himself, um, which you know, hands up, I have to admit, was something that Russell brought to it. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's it's. I think I've always loved those kind of base sets, those base and siege, uh, claustrophobic stories. Um, so it was a great opportunity to to do. I mean, because originally the waters of Mars was was going to be something completely different. I mean, um, it, it was a, a when we first talked about it or that episode and what it was going to be. It was something that was going to be set at Christmas time. Um, and so it was a very different story set on Earth where everybody else had disappeared. So um, Russell thought the idea that I came up with initially was a bit swords and sorcery, <laughs> which I didn't think so, but that's fair enough. If, if he hadn't thought of that, we probably never would have done the Waters of Mars. Because I, so I remember that we went down to uh, a coffee shop in uh, in Mermaid Quay you know, and, uh, in Cardiff, and... He talked about that he wanted to do something which was set near future on Mars. And it had just so happened that recently NASA had announced that it had discovered evidence that there at least had been water water on Mars and probably still was. And so the title and the concept really just formed there and then. It's amazing. So imagine then that having been given you know, the good chat with Russell and given the outlines to what you wanted, you'd go off and do the first draft and get the story pulled together to get the bones of it. And then Russell would come in and then there'd be the back and forth thing to get it knocked into shape. That's, pre- that's pretty much it. I mean, I um, after we had that initial conversation, I don't think we'd got really a story tied down. The idea that there was something in the water, I think, was probably as far as we got in that in that that first discussion and um then over time obviously it develops and i can't really remember the ins and outs of how it developed but i do remember that when i had the idea for you know these the crew of bowie um were going to be taken over by this viral life form uh, that was in the water i always i wanted them to be i remember describing them as drowned zombies and uh, which i kind of thought was going to be scary and I remember that over the development of the script, what they actually were went through a number of different kind of phases. And I remember that there was one time when we talked about them being actually a crystalline life form. So that would have been CG. Um, but eventually the conversation went all the way around and they wound up being drowned zombies, which I couldn't have been happier about. <laughs> <laughs> so so I wrote so I wrote I think I think I wrote four drafts of it and at that time it was always it was all Christmas um and Russell took Russell then came in took obviously you know I'd write a draft and then we go for a meeting with with Russell and Julie and Gary Russell who was the script editor on it as we did with 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 every script um and then Russell took over and at that point for whatever reason, they decided that it wasn't going to be a Christmas episode, that it would go out in November. Uh, so Russell's first job was, and I'm glad he got the job, was to have to take all of the Christmassy stuff out. <laughs> but, um, and and so, um, I, and and then he brought in the whole Time Lord Victorious element, so it's, uh, which is which is really what people remember it being scary for. I mean, I, as I say, I always wanted it to be scary, and the flood are scary. But the thing that really scares people is the Doctor. 
in that in that episode at the end where he goes just a little bit crazy. I think the the water element is what scares me because it's the most unstoppable force that we've got on Earth, and it's just well, water always wins. Well, it, well, that was a great line. That was a great line, and yeah, it, it was it was interesting because. You know, I mean, the, the whole point of it is that, you know, that we are 60% water, you know, water's in us. And so that's kind of like being taken over by that 60%, something in that 60% of us. We've already got water inside us. Um, and then when that water starts taking you over, and that is quite a, that is quite a frightening thing. And that was one of the, that was one of the differences between writing a TV script and actually writing the novelization version of it. Um, um, I mean, in 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 television, the visceral scare is always, you know, kind of easy to do, um, uh, but it has to be backed up with the psychological scare. In a novel, I kind of think the psychological scare is probably the thing that's more important because you're working on people's imagination the whole time. You know, they're not watching a TV screen; they're reading a book, so you have to get into their heads. And 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 what what the novel obviously does is. Uh, Gives you a great opportunity to get into the heads of all of the of all of your characters in there and kind of see what's happening to them from within, and and that was quite fun to do. So there's in 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 the, the in the novel there's a there's a nice internalization for for Maggie Kane, who in the TV show turns while um, she's in an isolation tank on the on the base, and so she's turned from everybody else, and it's. And it's in there that she kind of hears the water talking to her, so um, so it's quite fun. It's quite fun. So it was not. It was nice to come to it from a slightly different angle. Come back to the TV version. Did you mm-hmm. go to much of the recording? No, actually, I, I was only there for one day. I seem to remember. For I think I was off writing other stuff, so I would have loved to have been there for for more of it. But yeah, I can, I can remember being there. For, it's the it's the scene just after the doctor's returned after he's he's left and when he goes through the whole time lord victorious so the moment he, so when i saw him he comes through he comes through the door and he is the time lord victorious he's the doctor who's now going to take on time so it was a great charmed charged performance from from david um and uh, with a bit of pyrotechnics as well thrown in so it was it was it was it was a good time to be there but um uh yeah it was good of course, you got a hell of an amazing cast, including future superstar Gemma Chan. Yeah, indeed, indeed, it was. Um, and, and who knew? <laughs> so it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was great. Um, uh, but but we always have good casts on uh, on Doctor Who, um, and and we always have uh, casting that may surprise you in some at some at sometimes as well, and of course. Graham was was a, was the perfect director for um, for Waters of Mars as well. Um, so it was kind of it wasn't lightning in a bottle because we always have lightning in a bottle on Doctor Who. But it was uh, but it was it was it was it was great fun. It was great fun just to be a part of it. And I'm sure you'll be pleased to know that Gadget is alive and well. I saw him in Edinburgh a few weeks back. You're joking? What? Yep, Gadget is still in one piece. He was in Edinburgh. I've got a picture of him somewhere on my phone here. And uh, yep, he was here in the the Science of Doctor Who exhibition, which was in uh, the National Museum of Scotland. And (laughs) lo and behold, 
Um, he was there alive and well. Well, he wasn't seeing yeah. very much, but uh, yeah, he was <laughs> sitting there just um, looking all gadgety, really. I, sh- I shall have to go up and have my picture taken with him. <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 hang on, there we go. There's this picture there, you can see him. Well, there he is. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I'm glad to see that he survived. <laughs> Absolutely. It was great. I mean, I take it then, when you first watched, did you, did you, was the first time you saw the the finished version when it went out on TV, or did you get to a Yeah, no, 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 no. It was, it was the first time I, I think it was. As from what I can remember, I don't remember seeing a, uh, seeing an early cut of it. I may have done, but I certainly the finished thing. The first time I saw it was when it went out. Yeah, and I know that from all the fans that that I know, it was just everybody was instantly, wow. <laughs> well, that's a that's a nice that's a nice thing, you know. And that um, and 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 that old quarry in in Wales had never looked so fantastic. <laughs> that lovely shade of red. Yeah, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Which, incidentally, uh, because because of course when we when we did that, um, we'd not really had color pictures of the surface of Mars. Um, so in the in the novel, going back to the novel, when I did the novel, I have a the, the Mar- Mars is still red, and I have an explanation for why it's still red. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. I do like these uh, explanations to make sure everything works. As a younger fella. You'd have been a reader of the Target books. I was, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I can clearly remember re- reading them. I used to love them, you know, because I mean, the thing, the thing about the Target novels is that back in when when I was a when I was a boy, <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were no DVDs and, and 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 things like that. So, I mean, the closest thing you got were the um, were the comic strips that you you found and then the target novels you know and the target novels was were there for you know our way then of revisiting those stories of enjoying those stories again and and in some ways it's kind of better than a um than a than a DVD of it because you know you're part of it because you're reading the story your imagine your imagination's fired up by what you're reading so you're there um so yeah i mean my the my favorite memory of, of the of the target novels was john Perch was the demons and because I, I i can remember i can see i can see the moment i think i was ill with with mumps or something and i was lying in bed and reading it and i get to the point where the master who's who's as is masquerading as as a black magician in and and he recites this incantation and it's only when reading the when reading as it's mary had a little lamb backwards (laughs) (laughs) which was kind of a mind-blowing moment (laughs) it's brilliant it's just such a clever touch well done to barry letts for coming up with that one absolutely 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 i love that and and that's my burning memory of, of the of the of the target novels so, uh, although I had many of them, sadly they I had I had them for years, you know, uh, long after I, I grew up and everything. But uh, during some house move, they, dis- they managed to lose them somewhere. But um, including one that was signed by Tom Baker. Oh, but, um, yeah. There you go. Such is life. Yeah. So and now I've was... written one. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> you win. So I was about to say. Um, what was your reaction when you were first approached to do it? 
I was utter, well, what do you think? I was, I was utterly delighted. It was, I mean, I, mean I, I loved Waters of Mars. I loved writing Waters of Mars in the first place. And to get the opportunity to write it again, it was fantastic, and especially as a, as, a, uh, as a target book. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a real buzz. It really was. And I, when I was, when I was writing it, I mean, when I, as soon as I got the commission for it, I got in touch with Russell. Um, I mean, he probably knew anyway, but um, I mean, they probably asked him first, but he was too busy doing other things <laughs> to do. I don't know, but um, but I I spoke to him. and said, yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing this. And and he immediately said, "Oh well, you've got to add this." <laughs> so there's something in there which Russell, which Russell wanted me to add, and um, and I did, um, which was which was good for I mean, it. was something we kind of talked about before when we were developing it, and never really did. But during the process of writing it, um, I rewatched the the television episode, which I hadn't watched since it first went out, because I don't tend to, you know revisit the these things and and I, and I watched it and it was obviously it was great and it was lovely to watch it again and I was really thrilled by it again but the thing that surprised me was that I'd forgotten just how intense that scene when the doctor's in the airlock and he's talking to Adelaide she's at her command station and that conversation between I'd completely forgotten just how intense it was and I cried <laughs> I actually sobbed while I was watching it, and I, I immediately got in touch with Russ, sent him a text saying, "You know, just watch this," and I, I, I cried, and he came back saying, "Somebody's having too much of a good time." <laughs> so I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> that is so Russell. That is so him. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I imagine then that you mentioned earlier getting the chance to sort of flesh out characters and get into their heads. And um, but how did you find sort of you know doing the the world building? Did you try to keep descriptions of the TV versions, or have you gone darker? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, very, very much so because I mean, I I didn't want to reinvent it. I wanted it to be you know uh, when when as as a kid reading novelizations, I would be very disappointed if it didn't look and feel like the thing that I'd already I'd already seen. I mean, changes obviously in your developments, but yeah, I mean that was why. I was I was very keen to to keep Mars red, and now even though we've seen that you know it has a kind of butterscotch and yellow hues, my Mars remains red, and I I give an explanation for why it's still red. I I, I think the uh, the scientists around the world who will read that will probably frown a little bit of explanation for it, but it's still red. So yeah, so I was I was keen to keep it as close to the um, as the original script as possible, but develop things more. Um, and um, and there are a number of things that, that are that are in the the novel, obviously that that we would never have had room or been able to do in the um i mean i checked one one thing and it was probably the first thing that occurred to me when when i sat down and started thinking about writing it is in the tv version there's that which was which i think it was something that russell did that that when the when the doctor realizes that he's talking that he's at bowie base one and who these people are and that they're going to die you have those vaulting shots in there of 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 news headlines about so so born whenever whenever and died and all that and and you see that really wouldn't work in a novel 
Um, so I wanted to find a, an alternative way of doing that. Um, I, without giving it away, how it how it's done. Um, you know, it's that's another section of the of the story. The doctor when he had dis- when he had first heard about Bowie baseball, we actually see where the doctor was and what he was doing where he when he first heard and learned about what had happened to Bowie baseball. So there's that. And and also the the other thing and, and probably my favorite part of of writing the novel in terms of parts which are which are new is Adelaide's story when she saw the Dalek at her bedroom window. There's a whole adventure um, that I tell leading up to that point, which was fab to write. I'm intrigued. I'm interested to know well, what that would be. You're supposed to be. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're no. intrigued by that. That's, the, yeah. that's exactly what I intend. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody else will be intrigued, so they'll go out and buy it. Exactly. Buy it now, listeners. You're not a true fan if you don't. And, uh... <laughs> or you should have it pre-ordered on, on Amazon. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Though, other, though other sellers are available. <laughs> <laughs> You're so BBC, Mr Ford. <laughs> I suppose the thing I was wondering there was um, when you're talking about new material, were you working from the broadcast script and did you you incorporate anything from earlier drafts that hadn't quite made it or deleted scenes? Well, that that, that was the the first thing I did was ring Russell. The second thing I did was ring Gary Russell. (laughs) As he was the scripture, I know what Gary's like. Have you by any chance got a copy of the the shooting script that we did? And about an hour later, I get an email from Gary and it's not just the shooting script. It's every draft of the script that we did and together with notes and stuff. (laughs) <laughs> but I really, I really um, just confined myself to the shooting script because a, a lot of the stuff that had not made it into the final edit, a lot of it was actually about Christmas. I mean, there was once when when Gizmo does his his trip to out to the TARDIS to uh, bring the TARDIS back in the original Christmas script, the signal that he's operating on is carried on a recording of Slade singing Merry Christmas. <laughs> so that didn't really fit in with the uh, with the novel. So um, so no, so basically um, I, f- I followed the shooting script and just embroidered that script to bring in other elements. I mean, the, the thing about the uh, about the script, the episode that went on TV, is it's kind of standalone. We know that it's happened after the events of the of the Dead Planet, but there's not really any kind of other than the Doctor saying at one point that he'd been told that he was that his song was going to end and they will and they'll knock four times. So that's in the original, but I kind of wanted to to set the episode more in context. Um, when I came to doing the book and give the doctor a reason because uh, because in in the in the script he just kind of rocks up on on Mars and there's no real reason for it so in the novel he's gone there specifically because he wants to be alone to kind of work out you know his next steps and prepare himself for his song to end and that's where he goes to Mars and he's and he's he's chosen a time when humanity is still clapping itself on the back for having reached the moon, but won't get to Mars for another 
60 years. And But of course, the TARDIS plays a particularly cruel trick on him by landing him there when, um, well, in this fixed point in time. So it's because, because of that, you know, I kind of had to, I, I watched Planet, as well as the uh, Waters of Mars, I watched Planet of the Dead, um, the Satan Pit as well, um, uh, and and the and the last episode, uh, just to because you're taking stuff from from all of those and, and pre uh, shadowing some of it. So um, yeah, so it was a good excuse to watch those episodes. To be honest, you've of course missed one of the other crucial specials out there. You missed out Dreamland. <laughs> yes, you know Dreamland didn't occur to me, but of course, yes, 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 yes. Should have thrown a reference um, in there. Do you want to recall all the copies and pop one in? Or manually go around and write them in, Phil? <laughs> yes, good old Dreamland, yes. Yeah, Dreamland, I love you, as the Pet Shop Boys sang with years and years <laughs> recently. So. Ah, happy times yes. and places. <laughs> so all in all, you must have been delighted when you saw the cover come through. I was, yes. It was great. It was a great thrill. Yeah, it's that classic Target Books cover, isn't it? You know, which just kind of instantly reminds you of the show, of everything of the show when you see that. And of course, that is one of the things that, uh, that it was the only time that they changed something um, because they thought it was too scary on Doctor Who, as far as I'm aware. The, um, the eyes of the flood, those glassy white orbs with the pinprick pupils, when uh, Russell and Julie saw the, um, the the dailies on that, they you know kind of thought this is this is just a step too far, and so went down and, and, and something was changed. So you'll know. Remember in the in the TV episode, Maggie, who I think is the third person to be taken over by the uh, when she transforms in the isolation chamber, she's got normal eyes. Um, uh, I mean, it's covered in dialogue from the Doctor um, why she's why she still has normal eyes, but of course, in terms of the novel, you don't have to worry about that. So everybody has horrifying eyes, <laughs> and I remind them, I remind people about them all of the time, <laughs> just to freak them out. <laughs> just the way it should be. Obviously, I Absolutely. still think of um, first time I saw pictures of you know people controlled by the flood. I thought, oh. Could they be ice warriors with that cracked skin and things like that? There was that always uh, made me think of uh, oh, is that what it's going to be about when the, when the first picks came out? But no, it's not. Far from it. It's worse. It's scarier. Although, don't tell Gary Russell there's anything worse than ice warriors because obviously they're his big favourite. So, <laughs> well, yes, mm. I'm saying nothing about warriors. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, it's been brilliant, Phil. Thank you so much for your time once again. It's been a real pleasure. You're very, very welcome, and uh, I hope you enjoy the book. I definitely know I will. I hope everybody does. <laughs> and if they don't, then I'll go around and uh, I'll write your name on their foreheads. <laughs> and Dreamland as well. And Dreamland as well, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> and huge thanks to Phil for taking the time to have a wee chat about the novelisation. I take it that this might be one that you'll be getting. Oh, we're back to books, aren't we? You're back to making me read. Yes. Um... I've rediscovered no. my love of no. reading while I'm on holiday because I've gone virtually finished the first Game of Thrones book and really, really enjoyed it. And I've not really been able to read as much as I'd like to have in recent times. And this one has really, really reminded me of my love of reading. 
and I'm so excited to get my hands on Waters of Mars. I think it's one that if, when I get back to reading, it's definitely one I'll pick up because I think there was a lot, well, there, there will be there a lot more in the background that you just don't get out of a filmed, a filmed episode. So yeah, definitely one for my shelf to pick up when I can actually sit down and read and not too busy. Yes, <laughs> sounds good to me. So there we go. Fantastic. Stevie, thanks again for your time and having a, a nice wee chat. And we'll be back next week with another episode. We don't know what yet. We've got a, a little hit list here of things. So who knows? What could, could it be a celebrity guest? Could it just be Ooh. a chat? We'll find out very, very soon. I take so, it you'll tell me before oh yes. anybody else. So that, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll maybe have some prep time. Yes, absolutely. As if I would spring yeah. something on you with about 10 As minutes notice. you would spring something on me. Spring, you say we're back to water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. I've just realised Adelaide Brooke water and i'd never got that before oh oh i wonder how many other references there are i think i may need to go and rewatch it again oh, and i think that's my that's my tonight rewatch yep. waters of mars absolutely but stevie before we go yes. you got a question for me kenny have you got anything aqua based that you might want to play out with well Given that the Barbie movie is about to be released and you mentioned Aqua there, I could suggest Barbie Girl, but that would be a bit wrong. So I think we'll maybe instead go for something that would be quite appropriate to the story. Since we've been talking about Bowie Base 1, why don't we go for Life on Mars by the man himself, David Bowie! Gadget, gadget, gadget. <laughs> Until next time, thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Kenny Smith. And I've still been Stephen Day. Bye-bye. Bye. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view and she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools If they ask her to focus on Sailors fighting in the dance hall Britannia is
is out of bounds To my mother, my dog and clowns But the film is a sad thing for Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be written again As I ask you to vote for 